Evening everyone, this is uh, Jason Powers. So tonight I'm going to uh, work on a uh, interesting podcast. Uh, I uh, was listening to uh, Daniel Daniela Camboni uh, from Stansberry Research, and she had on a few days ago a uh, a guest. I think his name's Andy Sheckman. I might be uh, wrong with the last name, but Andy is the uh, first name. I'll uh, put a link in the description so we can go back over it. And it seems to, uh, he goes through some interesting information and analysis, and he uh, breaks out of a, I guess, a paradigm of his own thinking. Um, He's come to some conclusions about, uh, and he has a theory about how this is going to uh, come about and uh, the people that are involved in it and as he mentions uh, frequently he's not a conspiracy person but uh, when you start seeing the the methodologies and the things and the policies and the way things are happening it's hard not to conclude that there's a certain certain amount of that going on so he's uh, he, he mentions this quite a bit uh, my snip out about oh probably about ten or fifteen minutes of this thirty minute broadcast so that's quite a bit I'm gonna try to keep it to a limited amount because I don't want to just be you know her broadcast uh, she does good work she always has on a lot of different people and I think that's always important to uh, uh, you know credit the person who's doing the work and um, I will leave a link in the description. Uh, she's a, a good person to subscribe to, and I'll uh, I'll go ahead and uh, play these clips, and then we'll come back afterwards. 15th summit that just wrapped in South Africa, and the unity and strength of these BRICS nations. I mean, is it something that the U.S. really has to perhaps fear? Yeah, you know, there's a term called logarithmic decay uh, that I've really been talking a lot about lately i'm kind of a fan of the of the image and it's imagine kind of the niagara falls you're a couple miles upstream and you start to notice the pitch slowly slowly declining little by little by little by little it's like the game of jenga little by little by little by little and then all at once and where are we in this graph where are we in the logarithmic decay graph or or how many more blocks need to be pulled out of the game of Jenga before the tower collapses. And so I think it's really important, you know, to to realize that this is very substantial and very, very substantial, but yet it's not something that's going to happen all at once until it does. What I mean by that is this, you know, James Rickards, I know you know James very well, and I had the the privilege of talking to him uh, at Rick Rule's conference here yep. a few weeks ago in Boca. And I think the mistake that was made, if any, was that we put dates on it or, or James put dates on it, which got everyone excited about a new gold-backed currency <laughs> coming out August right. 22nd. And I think he'll be proven right, but it's the timing that's always the tough one to, to nail down. I mean, as far as the currencies go, look, they said to all of the finance ministers, Go back to the drawing board, come back and report to us next year on the merits of having a common settlement currency. 
to me, it, it's it's a done deal. It's just a matter of when it happens. But let's just you know look a little bit at what happened during. You just hit on, on, on the main point there. So you know, like I said, we just saw the, the summit take place. They uh, you know they've now invited the UAE, Iran, Ethiopia, Egypt, Argentina to join the alliance in 2024. So if I can make the comparison, you know, to a high school cafeteria, right? And it's almost like. You know, maybe they weren't the cool kids in class, but now they've all been invited to, to sit together and their dominance is growing and their common denominator is their ample energy resources. So let's talk about the energy dominance that this group can have. So almost more than the currency they're working together, it's the energy dominance. Absolutely. It's, it's the energy dominance and it's also the, the pathways of transportation with Egypt and Ethiopia, you're controlling the Suez Canal. And, you know, you have 75% uh, uh, of the world's manganese, 50% of, of the world's uh, uh, graphite, 28% of the world's nickel, 10% of the copper. You have the majority of the world's oil production. And, you know, not to mention, you have a long list of, of, of natural resources, grains and soybeans and rare earths and uranium and titanium and aluminum and gold. And so this is a growing list of, of countries that possess what Zoltan Polzar calls the foundation of Bretton Woods three commodities, things that you need in order to develop a war chest. And, you know, when you talk about the transportation, as I mentioned, you have the Straits of Hormuz covered between Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates and Iran. You have uh, the Suez Canal with Egypt, you have the Straits of Magellan with Argentina, and a very large portion of the Eurasian landmass with Russia, China, and Iran. These are very formidable foes that represent the 5th, the 10th, the 11th, the 18th, and the 23rd largest economies in the world, the second and third largest nuclear arsenals in the world. I mean, go on and on and on. These are not something to take lightly. This is a very formidable alliance that is being built methodically. I do want to mention one thing, you know, and a Please. lot of people push back about, well, you know, China and India don't like each other and they've been fighting forever uh, about, you know, uh, Kashmir. And um, uh, there is an there was an article that that I read that really was being ignored by the mainstream where it came out and said that Xi Jinping and, and Modi met on the sidelines at at the meeting and had agreed to um, direct the relevant officials to intensify efforts at de-escalation of that area. And, and it, I, to, to me, when you look at the relationships that are being made for mutual benefit, like for example, between Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, rectifying their relationships between Iran and Iraq, uh, rectifying their relationships where there's a railway built between the two countries or embassies built in Saudi Arabia and Iran. My enemy's enemy is my friend. And to think that these things will get in the way of, I think, their one shot at breaking free from the Western hegemony is the Western media looking at this the wrong way. And quite yeah. frankly, I think you will start to see these things unfold yeah. where these countries and, come together. And very valid point, Andy. I mean, yeah. I'm sure a lot of them probably don't like each other within the BRICS, absolutely. But their dislike of America erases all of that, correct? Absolutely. And, and look, I think you have to weigh what is, what is the greater cost? What is the greater benefit? And um, 
it seems to me that that is something that we've seen very consistent. You know, you, you have China going in and broking, broke, not only brokering peace deals around the world, Daniela, but they're also going into countries and building railways and bridges and maritime channels and gold and silver mines and oil refineries. And they are doing this in a beneficial way where everyone wins and not to mention a shot at breaking free from this hegemony that's been going on for centuries. This is done, and I'll get to this point because I think it, it bears at least thought process for people out there. Um, I am not a conspiratorialist at all. I, I think I'm a realist. I try to look at both sides of the equation. But let's look at, at two things, and two people in particular. Number one is Jared Bernstein. He's the, the lead economic advisor to the U.S. Uh, administration, to the Biden administration. His, his, his topic of... of um, his, his thesis that has gained him, I guess, a lot of um, uh, pushback is is to, for the U.S. to shed its world reserve status. He's written reports that were picked up in the New York Times and the Washington Post, the most famous being dethrone King Dollar, for where he advocates the U.S. should immediately uh, shed its reserve status, that the privilege of having it is one we can no longer afford. If I wanted to get rid of the world reserve status, the first thing I would do would be to weaponize the dollar, to, to um, push uh, Russia out of SWIFT, to confiscate their assets, to not just sanction them, but to confiscate them and, and use them, tell them that we are using them to rebuild the Ukraine. And then at the exact same time, I would uh, push away what is the linchpin of the dollar hegemony, and that is the, the petrodollar, Saudi Arabia. And we signed another executive order saying by 2030 we'll be 50% green, and by 2050 nearly 80% green. In essence, we're telling Saudi Arabia, hey, we don't need you anymore. Those two things in particular would, would be the very first two things I would do to lose the world reserve status. And then if I look at the number two in charge, Lael Brainerd, who is a modern monetary theorist, you look at the things that are being done in this country and you have to wonder to yourself, why are they doing these things? Why are we mothballing all of our energy? Why does, and this is not a political statement, but why are people looking yeah. at what made this country great, liberty and justice for all, where people would tie inner tubes together with string and float from, from Cuba or, or walk from Central America, you know, across, you know, God knows what and, and how hot it was and all of the perils to find liberty and justice. And people look at what's happening in this country and I think they have to question, is justice being passed out equally? Is it being administered equally? Are we the country that we once were? The, the fraying of the unity of this country, um, where, you know, after World War II and, and the Great Depression, we were a unified country. We were able to stand together and, and, and build a great country. We're not unified anymore. We're, it's black and white and red and blue and vax and no vax and rich and poor, and we're very, very much uh, just not the same country we once were. Now, what I'm getting at is simply this. I ask you, could this possibly be intended, could they possibly be trying to create an event? And this is what I've talked about for a very long time without really saying it. When we push away Saudi Arabia, we create divisiveness in this country, we weaponize the dollar, we're doing everything we can to create an environment where you see this coalition of countries pushing back against the West, even our allies like France pushing back, and all of a sudden sides are being drawn. And what happens? What happens if Saudi Arabia and OPEC at that moment say we're no longer taking dollars and the dollar gets dumped. 
the banking system, remember, Leo Brainerd is a modern monetary theorist who wants to get rid of the banks, wants to cull them. Look at what's happening with the banks. The aiding and abetting of the money, leaving the, the regional banks to the big commercial banks by the Fed because they're allowing the, the money market funds to invest in the overnight reverse repo market at 5.3% with daily liquidity. There's no reason to stay in these fractured regional banks. You see this event or whatever event it is that creates this chaos where the banks fail and they will be bailed in, not bailed out. Bailed in. That's what the Dodd-Frank law said. They must be bailed in. Everyone will lose everything over 250000 It goes into the pot to bail in the bank. The dollar gets dumped globally because it's no longer the sole settlement currency for oil at some point. That's that all-at-once moment. You go over the falls or the Jenga Tower falls. Hey, thanks. You guys are going green. You signed an executive order. We don't need, you don't need us anymore. So we've signed up with the BRICS, and we're going to, send, we're going to sell oil and other currencies, and the dollar gets dumped globally because every country's had to hold it for 50 years to buy oil and now it creates a tsunami of inflation interest rates spike the banks collapse everything collapsed why because how the hell else daniela do you get everyone who watches your show who said i'm not taking a cbdc not a chance in hell well guess what the the 155 trillion dollars in debt that the u.s has 32 trillion on balance sheet Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and government military pensions, $120 trillion. That's owed to the American public, mostly. And as China and Japan and Saudi Arabia dump treasuries, who's buying them all? The American public. So if you create an event purposely, knowingly, you push away Saudi Arabia, you create this event where the dollar, we're not clinging to the privilege of the world reserves currency, just like the number one economic advisor in this country would like, Instead, we are incentivizing de-dollarization and ultimately that moment where there's an event created, where, you know, by the government's own admission, we have $5 trillion in assets backing $155 trillion in debt, the largest asset. 40% of our assets are student debt. What I'm getting at is you create an event because you'll never pay that debt off, ever. There's no way you can pay that off without completely getting rid of entitlements and stop spending and do all of these things that won't work in this country, so you create an event, you have a villain. Xi Jinping and Putin and OPEC, how could they have done this to us? They dumped the dollars, look what they've done, and bang, everything collapses. And everything collapses at the exact same time. Stocks, bonds, real estate, the dollar, pensions, 401ks, the banks, everything. But have no fear, because Lil Brainerd is here, and she's a modern monetary theorist who ran point for Fed now, has been dealing with the, the CBDC with MIT, and all you need to do is sign on the dotted line and we'll make you whole. In other words, what I'm getting at is, could this have all been thought out? How else do you reset? How else do you find a villain to blame for the collapsing of the system that allows you to default and start over and allows the American people to be made whole by signing on to a modern monetary theorist's dream of a central bank digital currency, sign on the dotted line, we make you whole. So I guess all I'm saying is this. I do believe it's going to happen. And I think there'll be a tremendous amount of pushback for those who would otherwise uh, willingly take it. But what if there was an event that put everyone at the same place where you have no choice to take it or to be, or to be broke, to be busted, to be screwed?
So there you go. Uh, Andy uh, lays out his um, theory of the case. I think he did a good job, actually. Um, <laughs> he doesn't need me to tell him that, but uh, what I'm getting at is uh, he, he makes a strong case for uh, the conspiracy that the, the Great Reset is based upon. And what is so what is so damn damn interesting is yes we we will never pay off that 150 trillion um, but this country has enormous assets and resources at least if you think of it in terms of an actual country that works together to actually achieve goals such as uh, you know running its own energy sector and uh, manufacturing policy and and stop acting like we can't do this but we have some incredibly, well, first of all, we have incredibly stupid, psychopathic, uh, uh, malevolent creatures that are running our country. We have incredibly, uh, we have both incredibly hardworking people and we have incredibly lazy, unmotivated, uh, spoiled, rotten, unaccountable I don't know. There's more adjectives than I can think of to describe certain folks in this country who think everything should be handed to them on a silver platter. Or they think that they should get some kind of uh, uh, reparation for their plight in life when nothing of the sort has ever happened to them. Uh, and I'm regarding that back to uh, their ancestors. And this has always been the destructive force of any society when people get to the point where they're just decadent and and uh, feel like they deserve things that they haven't earned or they feel like they're always being put, put upon and they aren't, they are not. And then other parts of the society is uh, seeing these things full view. Uh, urgently telling people about this and yet there's people that have their heads buried so deep in the sand that they'll never they'll never stop um, once to think about it that way but getting back to what Andy I had actually worked up a worksheet or spreadsheet in uh, 2022 I did it over a course of a couple weeks or probably a week or whatever it didn't take that long actually I grabbed about 75 80 links regarding natural resources and certain countries uh, GDP and that kind of thing you know world debt I put together an entire model and I started looking at the countries and who would be aligned to what and I put out a map I actually did a little video on it not as good as I would have liked to but it was the first go at it it was my first uh, time and to his point about you know um, you know the countries that are aligned together the geographic importance of certain areas I mean we are in the midst of a massive geopolitical uh, like you said Jenga game and we have people that are absolutely just un you know either they're completely plotting it all as he very well says especially at the Fed and I think he feels like uh, Jerome Powell is just a dupe and a sucker which uh, there's other people that feel that Jerome Powell's doing other things to try to break Europe and, and whatnot. We have these powerful forces, and Europe is just, you know, they're almost inconsequential. 
uh, yes, our ancestors, many of, I mean, my background comes from, uh, uh, you know, Ireland, Scotland, and England, and, and uh, parts of uh, France and Germany, along with being Cherokee, uh, you know, so for the most part, I'm a European descendant, but they're, they're about ready to collapse, too, if they look at their money, uh, they're because of their... Uh, uh, outstanding liabilities, but he didn't get into that because he did, I don't know if he knows it, and that I'm sure he could come up with that. But he knows the U.S.'s liabilities on the books, and it is substantial. And it tells you what kind of idiots have been running our country for the last, I'd say, the last 50 years. And the neo, you think about it, the amount of money that has been just thrown down uh, the the rat hole over endless wars and, and, and the thing is between that and welfare both of those parts it's basically about a 50-50 split in regards to money that went got wasted uh, but it also padded the pockets of the the elite the rich uh, the top 1% uh, there's many people who have uh, done the analysis and saw how much of wealth they have soaked up there's a reason why there's thousands of billionaires now. There are thousands of billionaires. There's like, I don't know what it is, like 3,000 or 4,000. There's it, just the, the sheer number. And they've all, uh, you know, and of course some people say, well, that's just on paper. That's just, you know, stock market wealth. I go, yeah, that's what we know of their wealth. And by the way, they aren't the richest people. <laughs> like you said, there's a sovereign wealth. There's people that we can't get into the books. We don't know where they hide their money. And who have access to gold and he goes into uh, some information on gold too but I didn't get to that but what I'm getting at is is this whole entire uh, diorama that we're living through this experience of was it planned I, I, there's no no two ways about it you can't make these many uh, these this many strategic errors and in just to have the politicians in DC play these silly games these, uh, uh, while this is all going on and not talking in a forthright manner because they can't because they're all in on it. They, they're planning on packing. I, I, I seriously think that they're just literally planning on just ignoring the rest of us and just uh, they figure they have enough of the military. Uh, they're trying to, I think they are really trying to turn this into a military junta, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, to, uh, yeah, to control us after it gets done, because of course, if you collapse this all this uh, Jenga game at once, uh, there's going to be there is going to be so much chaos, and you already see it on the streets now, and, and it's just like the pre precursor events. Uh, that's why they don't give a shit about law and order. That's why they don't care about any of this stuff. That's why they're trying to demonize and and put down. I mean. The things that come out of the media's mouth, and as I said, the media doesn't have this right at all. Of course they don't. The media are a bunch of fools. They don't, they don't give a shit about us. Um, they're in on it too, by the way. I think there's a substantial group of people that are in on it, but most of them aren't, haven't exactly you know, put all the pieces together. I mean, they have an inkling of it, and if they listen to the right people and they get them all together, they can come up with this conclusion. But they obviously don't care about their kids. I mean, many of the people that are involved in this probably don't have kids 
or if they do have kids, they're, they're in a position, they're already adults and whatever, and but they don't care about the future. You know, they only care about themselves the short term. And as he spoke to, illuminated kind, kind of uh, tangentially, and this is actually something I'm working on in the book that I'm writing, is the, the difference of long-term orientation of the groups of uh, uh, countries that are involved in this, particularly China, but, you know, uh, there's a substantial difference in the way they uh, address uh, policies and the way they're willing to bide their time and to to do things quietly, sneaky. <laughs> yeah, uh, like the Japanese, they were very sneaky, albeit we already knew they were going to do it. But nevertheless, uh, they're, they don't uh, expose their hands where we have people in this country that are just so you know, transparently stupid and they broadcast everything they're going to do a mile away and, and some people will say, ooh, that, that sounds like you're talking about Trump. Well, you know, uh, there is something to be said for how he approaches things, but his foreign policy wasn't the, that wasn't the weakness of his administration. That was the one thing that the, the, the debate showed because the, they didn't bring it up at all. They didn't, they didn't dare bring up the fact that he was actually willing to, uh, to talk to these people in a in a manner and they knew that you know he was an uh, unknown variable and the foreign uh, adversaries they didn't necessarily take advantage of him I mean there'll be people out there they'll say oh you know pick and choose what they want to do as if there's no as if any president has a perfect foreign foreign policy if the, if if he can even achieve a foreign policy uh, aspect to his real um, administration but Compared to Biden's, I mean, Biden is literally selling this entire country down the river. I mean, granted, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And the people, it's the administrative state, the people that are just, you know, as Doug Casey calls him, he calls them Jacobins. <laughs> you know, they, they, they have no moral fiber. There's no ethos to their uh, thinking or ability. Like you said, you're cutting, we're cutting off energy. Uh, we, we can't find justice anywhere. We're doing things to people that are just just absolutely wrong. You know, the J6 uh, uh, people, that's not how it's done. Not if you really are. If you want to be the, the shining city on the hill and you want to have a, even, even the facade of that. I know so many people out there that love to criticize the United States and love to pick on every aspect of our foreign policy in the past. I'm aware of these things. I am. I find it detestable too. I find it absolutely. Uh, there's been a lot of good done too. Don't they, they? They just don't want to admit that either. And by saying things are good, I mean we did rebuild Japan. We did rebuild Germany. We basically opened up our arm and let China suck the blood right out of our marrow of this country. And that was all done for people who made money off of us wasn't but done because the American people wanted that. Frank, frankly, you know, like anything else, every country in the world has uh, had their leaders uh, sell them down the river. But of course, we can't get enough people to set aside their own differences in inner, inner uh, squabbles, except, of course, the BRICS. They may dislike each other, but they're figuring out a way to work together because they want to take down the, you know, the they hate the world order as it is.
they want a new they do want a new world order and it doesn't involve Britain and it doesn't involve the United States and they don't want to be anyone's uh, and they're willing to set aside their uh, differences and it makes you wonder whether uh, when Trump was working on uh, his stuff in the Middle East he was just starting to make a breakthrough there just starting to make a little bit of a crack and of course the, that was absolutely not acceptable to the deep state they despised him for that they tried to sabotage anything or any dealings he had because he was trying to come I think I don't know I don't know what he knows I don't know if he got all the the briefings that he was supposed to nobody can really know for sure I don't think he does I don't think he even tells us uh, as much as he, he, the problem is, is he's attacked so much for so many things. Uh, at some point, his uh, he's always on a defense mechanism. So, and I, I'm, I don't even like to bring him up, but the point is, is that uh, this whole situation is going to get really hairy, uh, basically within about the next 18 months. Um, if you think about it in terms of, uh, you know, so October, November, December, that's three months. And then the 2024, so that's 15. So the first couple, three months of the new 2025 would be, uh, it would be a, an ideal time. When I say hairy, it might get hairier before then. I mean, there might be, a, the thing is, is like he, he mentions later on, they're just going to print print up money. They're just going to inflate the shit out of everything. Uh, they'll, they'll do that first. They always do that, you know. So we're going to get head towards Zimbabwe level. I don't know if we'll get there, but uh, I, I project that if, if they were going to, you know, with the amount of deficits that we're running, it wouldn't be unusual if we suddenly, you know, started seeing uh, double-digit inflation, even with their little uh, reporting of it. But you'll know it. You'll see it at the store. You'll start seeing that uh, uh, I have one package of ramen noodles is a dollar when it used to be 25 cents, or your eggs will be eight bucks a, a dozen or something along that lines um, that's coming it is and gas prices and of course they've always come they've always wanted to get the gas prices up real high so then they can cost justify uh, the the windmills and the in the uh, electric vehicles which they're going to destroy the entire energy sector I mean California just filed a lawsuit a matter of fact uh, the other day the the AG did uh, against a whole host of uh, energy companies talking about false advertising false claims blah 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 this is this is just this is just so ungodly stupid and we are run by so many people that have no conception of how to operate anything they they are the worst people for government ever um, they have no idea because evidently they've never been in the private sector and you know the private sector doesn't even run that good but uh, nevertheless these people have just delusions of grandeur they are literally the highest form of narcissistic psychopathic inconsequential human beings you could ever have uh, like you mentioned Leo Brainerd and the MMT the modern monetary theory these these people have just they just they just swallowed their bullshit to no end and uh, you know I think that's a gal too by the way just so you know I hope this thing I mean I hope it gets hung on her neck for all the stuff of all the dumb stuff and by that I mean 
I hope that in history, she goes down in history as the person who destroyed this country. Uh, uh, her name gets mentioned regularly. So many times in history we've had people who have caused these cataclysms that get, you know, minimal mentioning in history uh, accordingly. But I'm mentioning it. I mean, he mentioned it. He, he knows the policies probably better than that. And uh, in terms of what this person thinks. And uh, yeah, we have these people that are just, they don't, they don't get it. They never will. And as long as they're protected, they live, they live in a protected bubble of, of, uh, of just being able to spout this bullshit. Uh, and I guess I'll end it around here because I've, I've talked long enough. Um, there's also the concept of, uh, you know, the number of people that have got hired into the Biden administration, in particular, like Jennifer Granholm. So the other day, you know, she was caught basically lying. She hadn't divested herself from certain stocks, but she doesn't care. I could tell. She's such a smarmy, just a smarmy bitch. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it. I just... If you, if you, I'll, I'll put, I'll put the link to her, her little testimony. It was through uh, Claudia Tenney or whatever. And I don't care one way or another about her, but, but just, just the look on her face, and I've already seen her look when she laughs and giggles about, you know, we're not going backwards. We're not going to do any more oil and stuff like that. And recently, evidently, she was caught. You know, they were, uh, you know, in, in order to get across country. They were trying to uh, basically make sure that other people couldn't operate their electric vehicles so they could have priority so they could prove that they can make this work or whatever. Just these these people are just just unbelievably just bad people. I don't know what they I don't know if they just wake up in the morning and kick their cat or whatever. I don't know what possesses people to be like this, but. It's certainly a, it's a, a, it's a, a psychopathology that just needs to be examined, um, you know, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not qualified to do it, but you certainly can tell that these people don't operate on any level of, of connection to reality. They don't care about people. They don't care at all. One iota. It's, it's, it's so obvious. I mean, and, and yet there's people that still hang on to these people and they say they're good people. And, you know, like I said, I don't want to bring them back up. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that just, you know, I wish they could understand what it's like for other, for the, the common folk. I mean, I, 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 I don't bring it up and, I, and one of these days I will. Uh, maybe I already have in some respects, but, um, you know, my arc of life and I just, it just bothers the shit out of me that these people, you know, they just think that everybody's just rubes and they're stupid and they don't understand anything and they've never done anything. Uh, I swear if there was a... If there was any justice at all, these people would all be shoveling shit somewhere and wake up every morning and have to do do a 12 or 15 or 18 hour work day and then get to go to. I mean, I'm sorry. These people need to be worked. 
like worked worked to to understand what it feels like for the rest of the people out here in the world because they have done such a damnable job of destroying this country over the last you know in particular the last 25 years but going back at least to the the late 1970s they've just god then this whole globalist concept is just just hell on earth the the one thing that if this country ever survives we have to escape these these parasites and i don't care how we do it i don't care just got it has to be done um so i'll leave it there for now god bless the united states of america and god save the world